This is Dream Loudly, a show that fights for dreams, stands against the culture, and demonstrates the logic of impossible innovations. Steve Jobs never had an iPhone till he made it. They all played the game. I told him I'ma change it. See the mountain, I'ma move it with no hesitation. I am in no lane. That's my innovation. This show gives you as a basketball player, trainer, parent, or coach the resources to boldly attack this game and to dream loudly. Welcome back to Dream Loudly, an I Impossible original show. We are your hosts, Michael Lancaster and Bryce Stanhope, and we're going to go ahead and just call this the last episode of season one. The summer is here. Things are way too busy, yep. so we're going to probably pick up later on um, late summer or early fall. Yep. But what we want to do is we wanted to kind of end with one thing that we've touched on a lot, but we haven't gone into details of, is just the overall concept of kids being good at drills. And so whether or not we're talking about the bones over cones movement, whether or not we're talking about people just basically saying kids these days are good against cones, but they can't play against people. Kids these days are just robots because they're always doing training on their own and they're great at the drills. They're great at the cones, but they can't play against people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just go ahead and take a second to understand that that is one of the most ridiculous statements that we're seeing because it is not that easy to be good at drills. So when you're seeing a player that's so-called good at the drills, but they're not good at the game, we first have to pull back and just ask ourselves, are they actually good at the drills? So as we dive into this topic, let's just go ahead and start rolling with this. What is the issue with it? I think a lot of that comes down to is, and and we have these conversations all the time, people don't know what they're actually looking for. So when you watch a player do a drill, and like on, on the kind of surface level of stuff, like you watch them go through, like, okay, maybe let, let's take the very stereotypical, you know, angle cone drill. So one dribble to the right, go through, one dribble to the left, go through. So, okay, the kid is getting the ball to go through his legs, and he's taking one dribble. That's kind of that surface level to, the, to that, where, okay, he's making his way through those cones, the ball's going through, and he's taking one dribble, and it looks like he can do the drill. But then when we start breaking down little stuff, like, okay, is he splitting his feet on his split through? Are the hips rotating into the next direction he wants to go? Then, obviously, is there actually dribble step timing? Like, I just worked with a kid this morning, told him to take a two-dribble drive to the left, and he did exactly what we always see. He took two dribbles, but they were nowhere near where his dribble steps need to be. So, okay, he completed the the surface of, okay, he took two dribbles, but they're not in time. They're not in sync. They're not there. So all this talk about, you know, kids are good at drills. We don't see many of those. They come in and they try a drill, and they're usually terrible at it. And that's the main issue is most coaches don't have a clue about skills and techniques. Yeah. So when I look at this, are, are these kids today – just good in drills but can't play the game. And my first questions here are, number one, do the coaches know the technique? The people who say that, do they actually know the techniques of basketball? Number two, do they understand actual movement? Mm -hmm. And I would say most coaches don't know movement. And there's nothing There's nothing really – there's no reason why they should. That's not your job. This is a specialty. We've studied so many hours, thousands Mm -hmm. of hours. I would say from a skill perspective – there is nobody on planet Earth that has studied more on this topic no. than we have. No. It's just because we're 100% in skills. So when I look at this, most of the time we talk to coaches, coaches will say things like, hey, that player just moves different. Hey, what'd you do with that? What'd you do with that kid? He's just moving different. They mm-hmm. don't even know how to look at or define what it is. They kind of have an idea of what it looks like, though, because I, I think that's one of the easier things is, 
a basketball player or as like even a coach is like sometimes you can look at a player and like, oh, they move nice. I don't know why, but they move nice. Which shows that they don't really know the detail of it, but they know yeah. what the, the final package is supposed what it should to look, look like. like yeah. So what's interesting is when they see a player who's good at the drill, but they don't understand if they're good at their technique, they don't understand mm-hmm. if they're good at movement, they chalk it up into the, I just need them to play more because mm-hmm. they're good at the drill, but they're not good at the game. Yeah. And so first off, if you're going to say that line to me, then you better be able to have an intelligent conversation about yeah. techniques and movement and most simply can't. And the last thing is, is do you understand how to actually test the skill? Because a skill has to be real. And we talk about that all the time. A skill is not a skill unless it's real. So you can watch a player do a drill. They can go through the motions. They can go from point A to point B and they can finish with a basket. You're going to look at them and say they're good at a drill. We're going to look at them and say that is a fake skill, fake movement, bad technique, and it's not going to work in the game. But it takes an eye for this mm-hmm. to actually understand it. Yeah. So it's so hard to get coaches to understand you don't understand that being good against cones, being good with a drill is actually very difficult to do. Yeah. So we need to reframe this whole conversation. So as we get into this, here's what I want people to, to really start asking themselves. Is the skill ready? Is it real? Yeah. Is it ready? So yes, if is it real, but is it game ready? Mm-hmm. So just picture a player has a crossover. and We do this with our rip lights all the time. I'm crossing the ball over. I tap the light. And I'm going to have to make a decision while I float the ball. So the player's just doing crossovers as fast as they can, and they can turn on the light, but they can never actually make a decision, mm-hmm. then that crossover is worthless. Yeah. The crossover is fake because it's not ready. But if I can float the ball, turn the light, float it, and then make a decision into something else, now my crossover in the float is actually game ready. So we need to, to identify what makes a skill real. Yeah. Sorry, I got stuck right there. Um, no, no, and this is why I got stuck though. So we didn't even keep that in there. It's like I was just really thinking about that because even me, like I've been dabbling more and more with light. It wasn't something I was great at right off the start when we were training with it. I was watching you do stuff. Even ZZ's done a great job here uh, um, with it. Where like what kind of got me to pause there for a second though was like I was just kind of thinking about what you just said as far as like, okay, I make that crossover. I'm crossing. I'm hitting. And in that moment, can I actually respond to what I'm seeing? Because that's what we see a lot of times is like if you watch players like like combination drills. Okay, you're going to do a crossover into this. Well, they're fine if that's the read and that's the only thing I'm working on. But now, even with the light, you get three different decisions to make. There's so much that's true there to being like game ready. Okay, I cross downhill, whatever. The most perfect thing that could happen is getting all the way to the basket, obviously. But... If I commit to going to the basket and all of a sudden I get interrupted, now can I actually make something happen out of this? And it could just be stopping back up. But, like, that's where I was just kind of thinking about what you were just saying there, where, like, a lot of it, you know, being a game ready is obviously that reaction part of it, where if that if that perfect play doesn't happen, I cross, I start getting downhill, and if it's not there, there has to be something I can do to get myself to – change of direction, stop, back out, whatever it is, in order for it to actually be more game ready. So I think that's really big with what you just said right there is just like, it's not just that crossover. It's just, is what happens after that crossover also going to be available to me as I play? And in the moment of the crossover, so often a player is like, for instance, their hand isn't in a realistic position to make a decision. 
So if your hand's not in a realistic position for the skill to actually be read-able, yeah. which is what I've been talking about a lot lately, is is a skill read-able? Do you have the ability to make reads out of the skill? It can be something as little as that. Your hand isn't yeah. even in the right position. So you're going downhill. Your hand's on top of the ball instead of behind the ball, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a major impact on what you can actually do out of that moment in yeah. time. And so if you don't have an eye for that, and you just see a person, like you said earlier, running up the floor while dribbling. And you just say, hey, I want you two dribble drives to get to the basket. Well, the quality of those two dribbles. You can fake it. Yeah. The quality of those two dribbles matter. The timing of those dribbles, the flow of those dribbles, mm-hmm. the timing of my pickups. All of that stuff plays a big role. And I think so often coaches only know the, the routine mm-hmm. of get point A to point B. And when we're talking about drills... That's a lot of times what drills are to people. It's getting from point A to point B and making a shot. So we don't even like to use the word drill very often. We talk about skills and methods. But if we're talking about kids being good at drills, these are the types of things you have to be discussing. So if you're a coach and you have a player who you think is really good at drills, but they can't play in a game, it's possible Mm -hmm. that they're just, they need to play more and they need to have more experience. Well, I think right right on, you hit it in the nose earlier when you were talking about it, but like I, I deal with a lot of shooting, obviously. It's easier to measure shooting because you can kind of fake it by if the ball went in. And I think that's what people measure a lot of with drills sometimes is did they make the shot or did they make the layup at the end? Because when the shot and, and kids do this too, they can obliterate how they, you know, whether it's cone, the boxes, whatever we're using, um, they can obliterate that part. But if the shot goes in, they're like, I did it. Where it's like, I think that's what coaches look at too is like, okay, he's going through the cones, he's doing this and he's making the shot. But then if we actually rewind it, he's picking up the ball early, dribble step timing's off. Um, you know, he's not elevating in a mid-range shot where he would have to elevate if it was the game. Um, there's so many things you can nitpick at away in drills where, like, I think that's a lot of times the issue. And I, like I said, with shooting a lot of times that's the issue too is because if a player shoots 10 out of 10, they think that's successful. But the chances are if you shot 10 out of 10, you probably weren't shooting very quick or you're just kind of going through, like, the motions of what shooting is. Um, and that's what most people do with shooting too, but I think people just don't know how to grade a, a drill on like whether it was successful or not, other than the fact of the ball went in. So, and they made it through the end of the cones. So they, they, they must be good at it at that point. So I think it's one of those things that people really don't know how to discuss or look at like, okay, they got through the cones. That's not going to be hard to do, but were all the little pieces in there just right. And then so so I think most of the time with coaches, it's just they got out the end of it, they made the shot, and they went really, really hard as they went through it. So that can be a different animal in its own and stuff. So I think that's the hardest part is like just learning how to actually start to really be detailed enough is are they actually good at that drill? Yeah, and, and I understand that they don't have the ability necessarily to tap into that, which is why gameplay to me is the default they go to because no one has to be a rocket scientist to have someone play games. Yeah. And so a lot of times this constraint-led approach movement, small-sided game, or I should say small-sided activities, Man. most of the time movement, it's, to me, there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's the type of stuff that you can do by being a recreational or volunteer yeah. coach and not mess it up. And a lot of these people are volunteers, and they yeah. are recreational, and so those are good solutions for them to not mess it up. But just don't tell me that they're good at the drills, because mm-hmm. you don't really know. 
But they do have the option. They could learn from people like us who teach skills, who dove into it. And so oftentimes those coaches are not taking the steps to learn these things Mm -hmm. because it's just easy to go through and and play games. But if I was going back to that, some players, you can get to the point where, okay, you think they're good at the drills, but they're not good at the game. They might need the experience. That's that's obviously a a component that can happen. But I think most of the time we go there way too early. Mm Sometimes you need to ask yourself, okay, they're good at the drills. They're not good at the game. Let me go back to those drills and see what's wrong. Because it might not be that they just need more experience. You might have been fooled the first round or the second round through. So start to actually learn what these techniques are. So in the skill-ready area, the first thing I have on that list is snapshots and body positions. So that's something that coaches and trainers need to actually understand a little bit more. Take a picture of a player in the game and see if your players look like them, how they lean, yep. where their feet are, where the ball is. If they look completely different, you can't just chalk that up into, well, everyone moves different. Yeah. Not really. I mean, <laughs> not really. Look at the greats. They pretty much Yeah, My, my two favorite videos I show players is a video of Luca doing an under dribble drag. And then I immediately show them a video of Kyrie doing an under dribble drag. Two completely different built players. One's like six inches taller 80 pounds heavier, the technique is identical on it, both of them. Yeah, and, and if you're talking about everyone moves different, the technique is so close you can't uh, even it's see so, it. It's so right? close. So, yeah, they might move slightly different, but the techniques are there for us to follow. Yeah. And so those those pictures look the same. I can yeah. take pictures of Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, KD, Kyrie, and I can find equal pictures. Similarities, yeah, a ton of them. And so that's one thing that we do a lot with players is we actually have, all right, you drive. I'm going to take some pictures, which in this, which our phones are in slow motion. I can just go frame it's by amazing. frame. I can show you where the ball is in this moment in the game, and then I can show you where the ball was with Kyrie in that moment of the game, and let's compare. Yeah. So one of those things, if to actually test if a skill is ready, is to match up pictures. That's been phenomenal with us. The other one is matching up body positions. Yeah. So when a player is really bad at the ball screen, it's typically not because they need more experience in the ball screen, or I should mm-hmm. say it's not necessarily – One of the reasons why players struggle with ball screens is they don't know how to turn the corner. They don't have an understanding of lowering their shoulder. So then you look at another picture, and you can use methods to get their shoulder down and see, all right, let's look at your shoulder. Let's look at their shoulder, and let's see if you can match those. Mm -hmm. So that's been a a phenomenal way to do it. Is there anything else that comes to your mind in terms of testing if a skill is game ready? Um, This kind of has to do on that subject, but but I, I, I read an interview one time. And it was with Kyrie, and I think this just reigns perfect with what we're talking about because you also got to understand the mind of the person who's saying it too. But um, I think they asked him a similar question of what we're, we're talking about here with, you know, a skill being, you know, game ready, a skill like being able to really do a drill. And what he was talking about was is you don't really obtain a skill until you can kill it. Now, I think when most people think kill it, they think intensity, right. like going hard, doing this. We're like, you have kids who do that. We just had a kid in camp this last week. His intensity was through the roof, but the way he moved was terrible. Like his body just wasn't there. So, okay, the intensity level's there, but as far as movements really being game ready, so-so. And we saw it when we made them play our new game of ones we came out with, which you guys will see soon. Um, But uh, his movements weren't really game ready. So he got into moments where he was just kind of stuck because he was doing things in a fake way. So the intensity's high. 
But but that's what I think about when we talk about this subject a little bit is just like when Kyrie is talking about you don't really obtain a skill until you can kill it. He's talking about more than just how intense you are because he's a very Kobe like mine. It's foot angles, body positions, where my shoulder is, where my back knee is. Um, but that's where I just keep that kind of keeps resonating with me on this is just those players that are at that level. What they're thinking of during drills is far different than what a normal people person is thinking. More normal people are just thinking getting cone to cone. Yeah, that guy's thinking about what's my body look like, where's my position, where are my feet at. That's how I know it's a little bit more game ready because I can also start to have real game reactions to where I I actually look like I know how to play the game too. And can we just use the example of players too that I think this throws people off? Is we've all seen a player who's very bad at the drills who is also a good player. And so people use that as evidence that, you know, you can be bad at drills and still be good at the game. Yes, that Mm -hmm. happens because you can have great instincts and other things. Mm -hmm. However, you shouldn't use that logic in reverse and say, right, that if you're good at – like what you need to be able to understand is that if a player is not good at the game, then you need to figure out how you can can have real movements and actually create the skill to help them there. And so don't use that logic against it. Just understand that, yes, there can be exceptions, but – are you just going to bet that everyone is just going to find their own way regardless of the skills? Mm-hmm. So the whole point of this is if you're going to be training through drills, make sure that you understand actually what skills should look like. Because that last little piece, and then we'll close this up, can your skill actually act with a read? That's the big one. So when we use our rip lights, I need to make sure that not only do you have the skill, but can you act with it? So if I go back to that ball example, if your hand's not in the right position and you can't make a decision, if I do a drop, and I can't make a decision to drive on command, I can't make the decision to cross over on command or shoot on command, I don't really have that skill yet. Yeah. So it, it, once you can do that on command, I hit that light, it turns green, you can drive out of that position. It turns red, you can change direction. You turn blue, you can shoot. When you can do that, that skill has been tested that you can actually make reads because the techniques allow the decisions to be made. Yeah. So that's the bridge. So if you're having problems with skills, you need to understand that you can work on the skills becoming more real. And so when a skill is more real and more ready, now we can start talking about transferring that over to the game. Yep.